The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. You're listening to the Underdog Sports NBA Show. With host Tyler Laurie and Zandrick Ellison. Brought to you by Underdog Sports. Tune in every week as Tyler and Zan recap the biggest storylines and news in the NBA. Welcome to episode 230 of the Underdog Sports NBA show. I am Tyler Laurie and I'm joined as always by my co-host out in LA, Zandrick Ellison. Zan, how are you today? I'm doing well. I'm here. I'm available. That's more than a lot of people in LA can say this time of year. <laughs> like Anthony Davis, right? Yeah, that's what I was getting at. There you go. We're on the same page. I uh, And also the whole LA just kind of shuts down in December anyway. But maybe Anthony yeah. Davis is taking that too literally right Hold now. On. I, I feel like that's happening everywhere now. Because like, so my real job, we are off between Christmas and New Year's, but I am technically working this week. Uh, it's uh, Tuesday, 1220, as, as we're recording our typical Tuesday. But like nobody is in the office this week. Like absolutely no. Like every single time I send an email, I get 76 different automated responses. So I just feel like the whole country now just shuts down at the end of December. Maybe yeah. that always happened and we just never realized it, but no, it's just like seems like it's creeping up earlier and earlier. Like cause now in LA it's always the thing where it's just like basically December's worthless because people are just like checked out. Um and then, you know, like, we'll get to it in January, New Year, and, you know, big things ahead, 2023. You know, you hear that every year. Um, have, big things, we'll, have big things ever been ahead? Oh, well, optimism never dies. That's sort of the NBA credo, too, right? I mean, like, you can always rebuild and rebuild and rebuild forever. Yeah, that's true. Except until you can't. So, obviously, since we've last recorded, two pretty major injuries. Yeah. Um, Steph Curry. Not even really don't even have a timetable, but uh, a blue. I don't even know how to say what his injury is. Um, basically, as a shoulder injury, he's going to be reevaluated in two weeks, but uh, we don't know how many weeks he's going to miss. And then Anthony Davis, uh, a foot injury, and he's expected to miss about a month. And, yeah, and it was kind of a mysterious foot injury, like that's not very specific. It was weird, right? I was actually watching the game. Um, was, they were playing Denver, uh, I believe it was on Friday night, and it was, it was uh, Mark Jones and Mark Jackson announcing the game. So it's a wonder that I actually had it not muted. But so Anthony Davis, like somebody said, like Mark Jackson, I think, said like Anthony Davis is hurt, right? And then he like ran, he played like a couple more possessions. And so they, they came back from commercial. They took Anthony Davis out. You could see that he was like, I thought it was like a hand injury. He was like messing with his hand. Uh, they couldn't even find like the correct replay <laughs> that he got hurt on. And I think that uh, Anthony Davis at this point, I just uh, I just don't know what to think of him. You know, he, he had been playing amazing the last. Yeah. Month. And the, the whole team, you know, they'd been kind of not like roaring back, but like, you know, slowly meandering back into things. And it looked like they were going to be a factor in the plan range, at least. But now yeah, with him they're... out. They had won like ten. They had won like ten out of their last sixteen, I think. Which and is, after looking like dreadful. That's what I'm saying. Like yeah. obviously, like we're not we're not trying to like grade anybody on a curve here, but like them going ten and six over a sixteen game stretch or ten and seven. I, I think they actually they they just lost to Phoenix on on Monday night. Yeah, and LeBron didn't play but, either. So like yeah. I, I can take that out of the equation. But like 
But um, you can't though, because it's like if you have no, no, to load I, manage LeBron, that's harder to do with Anthony Davis out now. Yeah, yeah, yeah so, for sure. Like, for, I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying. I, I just mean like at full strength, like right. full strength. They had started to play quite a bit better, and uh, you know, bringing Russ off the bench was starting to work. And the the tough part for the Lakers is like, and we'll get to Golden State in a second because Golden State's interesting as well. Also under 500 and just cannot win road games. And Steph Curry is potentially an MVP candidate, but the, the Lakers don't really have anywhere to go. Like yeah. this is a very win now roster, despite how poorly constructed it is. We've talked at nauseum about the fact that like they don't currently own their pick for this year. It's a swap with the Pelicans who are definitely going to pick swap with them unless something insane happens. So like if you're the Lakers, I, I honestly, Zan, like I don't know what to do because you can't keep dumping resources into like a sunk cost team. Like the Lakers, like you said, they had gotten themselves back into like the conversation to like maybe make the playing game, right? It's not like they had started playing amazing and they were like the Celtics from last year and the best team in the league, but like they can't tank either. So do you make trades? And and try to just like stay afloat without Anthony Davis and assume he'll be fine when he comes back, or do you do nothing? I I I honestly don't know what the Lakers do, and I know that's why people tune in for my great analysis of no, but it, it's it's do. a really difficult situation. But it's because, a super weird spot. Well, because you everyone's treating like Russ like he was dead weight at forty million dollars a year, which is true, but he's probably playing well enough to be worth I don't know half that might be generous. But, you know, he was a productive player off the bench, favorite for sixth man of the year. And so you, then all of a sudden the, the conversation switched to like, well, we don't want to really trade him. Let's try to trade Patrick Beverly's contract and a few other contracts and we can get up to like 20 million and then maybe add to Russ, the big three. And now I don't know. And you can't really tank. I mean, I, I'm with you in the confusion. Like you don't you can't give away your picks because the the idea of giving away your picks was, hey, even if LeBron retires, you still have Anthony Davis who will be close to his prime. Right. You're never you going to be bad. Yeah, you have the 27th and 29th, you know, 2027, 20, 2029 first round picks, which conceivably are Anthony Davis is still there. I think at this point, like it's a very safe bet that Anthony Davis is not going to be on the Lakers. Uh, you know, well, he, I just don't think you can count on him as a top 10 player, you know, and no, you can't. I, it's, if it's in the bubble, you can, but you know, who knows if that's going to ever happen again. So, I, so I, what I do you do? I, I think it's a really tough, I mean, you can't certainly can't tank and trade LeBron and trade. You can't do that. So no, you're not going to trade LeBron. I mean, the, the, the issue is that like you, you basically have to convince a team to take Russell Westbrook and be like, Oh, look, he started to play better. But like part of Russ's value is that like the Lakers, he actually serves a purpose, right? Like he is. Yeah, he, he's one of the three they, like guys who can actually like do stuff on his own. Um, I think the Lakers need to just, you know, my takeaway is they just have to reef shift their focus. And say, how do we contend, not win now, but win next year specifically? Because LeBron obviously still looks like he'll be good next year. Hopefully Anthony Davis is healthy next year. And then you have a little wiggle room because Russ's contract is expiring. Um, so what do you do with that contract? What's the best use of that contract? Not for this year, but for next year. So if you trade for Miles Turner, which doesn't look like it's in the cards anyway, because Indiana is playing pretty well. 
but you would only trade for Miles Turner or Vucevic or whoever, thinking that this is for next year and we'll re-sign them. Yeah, I don't. I, I mean, you know, John Hollinger, who I don't always think is like amazing with the stuff he suggests because I think he knows sometimes, like he suggests things that I think he knows are just like not plausible uh, solutions. But he did say, like, you know it's possible you could call the wizards and be like, Hey, we'll give you Russell Westbrook for Bradley Beal. You're not going to be able to do it. I don't think for, for Damian Lillard. I just don't think like, like Portland is fine. You know what I mean? Like they're okay. Dame's playing very well for them. Like Portland's kind of back in their whole, like, Oh yeah, we're Portland. Like we, we love it here. Like whatever. But like the wizards are terrible. I, I mean, just bad. Right. Porzingis has actually played like pretty well, but he has like a, he has a player option, I think, for uh, the following yeah, season. So, like, the Wizards may, may, I, I say this with a very, very shred of thought to this, but, like, they may be able to look themselves in the mirror and be like, you know, what? we made a mistake with this Bradley Beal extension, right? Like, we wanted to be here, like, but in reality, the best thing for us to do is a, is a hard, hard reset, right? I, I think their record as But you know what? I, I That makes hold sense. Hold Okay, well, they're, they're, yeah. What are they right now? That's what I was going to say. 11 and 20. And 20. I mean, yeah. they're bad. Like, and again, Beal's been hurt. He's frequently hurt, but his extension is 250 million. And like you, you have kind of like they did with John Wall when they flipped him for Russell, Russell Westbrook, it like saved their cap sheet, right? Like they had a chance to like add good players and, you know, they made the playoffs. And so it, it it's possible that like you could do that and i i just don't like the wizards like never want to tank they just like want to go for the eighth seed and they're like oh yeah we'll play better but like there's no way porzingis stays in dc right i i mean there's not so if you know he's not and you trade beal you instantly get a restart and maybe victor wambanyama and like that should matter to them because they're never going to be good with this current collection of players so like that is one reasonable out for the Lakers I think I, I don't I don't know that it, it, it I don't even know if it's possible but it's a really interesting thought I think well you know what it kind of the Wizards kind of remind me of um like that cable channel that's like barely hanging on and like the cable business is dying and you know you're like maybe they're just gonna go under but they have that like one show that's kind of re- keeps them relevant give me please tell me that you fleshed out this example fully well i i looked at showtime like you know i was thinking of stars for example which is and i'm they like, like pa- but they, they don't have they've never really had a hit show right? yeah they have like power that's it power yeah you yeah. see power ads and power is like a franchise good for them yeah but or like showtime even like it's pretty irrelevant now they have like is Didn't Billions they? still on? I don't know. Yeah, Billions yeah. that was popular. Yellow Homeland Jackets. Was, Yellow Jackets was Showtime's. Showtime's had some hits. Yeah, lately. but the, you always wonder, like, are they about to go under? Um, stars certainly. <laughs> no, or like about, one of those uh, channels, like History Channel, where it's like it's suddenly become like you know like Pawn Stars or something. What about like, that? like AMC? Right, like they had Breaking yeah. Bad, and then all of a sudden, like they just had like they had like nothing, and then it was just like Walking Dead, like season seventy seven, and it's like, what's going on here? Like, is AMC? Yeah, ever I, that that's in- the better example because it's like those one shows keep them afloat. Yeah, they have like, like those Madden, are really right? good shows though. That's like like Giannis level shows, right? I mean, that's okay though. <laughs> You're that's saying Brad, but Brad like, Beal yeah. is uh, Brad Beal is the Yellow Jackets, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Brad Beal's like overrated. he's billions. He's like pe- people like him, but like it's actually not that great of a show. But it does cost a lot <laughs> yeah. of money to make. Yeah, it's like somewhat prestigious. It's like not cracking the all NBA <laughs> list, but it's like so it'll make somebody's like top twenty shows on TV, maybe not winning Emmys, but. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, so that's like, I think they're kind of hanging on to the relevance, but 
I I think they should almost hang on to him. We talked about this off the air because you're a Wizards fan. I think I would just like send Beal home, you know, and because he's young enough and his skill set's good enough, you know, shooting wise that try to get lucky play, in the draft. You can play with anybody is what you're yeah. is. like. He, he's a good guy to have is like your number two. But like, how are you getting a number one? And then like the thing with this draft, the dirty secret with this draft, I think it's pretty good. Obviously, like obviously when Bignana is amazing, Scoot looks like he's improved even. And Scoot's going to be good. The G yeah, but after good. that, I don't, there's no one that I would think is a, you know, likely all-star. Like they could make the all-star team, but no one's like likely. Uh, so I don't think you're going to build your franchise tank trade Beal and try to end up with like Nick Smith, who we like, but he's sort of like a poor man's Bradley Beal, right? Like, right. That's, that's a good point. Actually, it's funny. Um, so you've started in your deep, deep dive of prospects yeah. where you start to evaluate them, like their intangibles first and then their on-court right. performance. But so, you know, Alabama played like Gonzaga the other day, I think. And yeah. Brandon Miller had like a huge game. So there's like a lot of Brandon Miller buzz. I think Brandon Miller's like pretty much safely worked himself into the top five uh, at this point. And I, I actually like sat down. I haven't done this in a while, but like with a pen and paper. And I was like, you know, I'm going to watch Brandon Miller. Cause I didn't really like Brandon Miller in high school. Like he was, you know, he was kind of big, but like he wasn't a great athlete. And I, I still kind of feel that way about Brandon Miller that like, I wouldn't bet against him being a good player, but I wouldn't want to be the team drafting him like third or fourth. Like I just, well, that, that's a good point. Like Brandon Miller, if you don't know for Alabama's to have a good shooting year, he's averaging like 20 a game, but he's good. Like you said, not a great athlete. hasn't been scoring inside at all. Kind of Jabari Smith, like, yeah, but not even, but like not even that level of like size and length and like, not even that, like, I mean, Jabari Smith, beautiful jump shot, right? Like whether, whether or not we like Jabari Smith at this point, the guy looks amazing when he shoots it. Brandon Miller, like I don't, I don't see that with him that he's like that smooth of a jump shooter. And so I think, but like you would say, like a guy like Brandon Miller in the top ten, you're like, hey, this guy, six nine, pretty good shooter. Yeah, he'll start, right? I mean, he'll be a starter and, and make yeah, a lot like, of money in the NBA. But you're not like, going to build he, your franchise around him. Yeah, and you might like him better than you might like say Keegan Murray because like Keegan Murray was 22 last year, but like they might end up being very similar players, right? right. And, and are you building a franchise around Keegan Murray? No, no, probably not. And I, I, I just picked him because like you know Tobias right. Harris, no, but Chris he's Middleton, a good player, type. you know, yeah, a good exactly. player, future, you know, is a right. starter. And and so this is where I think teams this year it makes sense to take. Like it makes sense because yes. the lottery odds are different. And like if you get the number one pick this year, like you know, you're instantly feeling hopeful about your team. And and, and Scooter Henderson is very good. I I I don't you know you might feel bad about it, but like Scooter Henderson's good. Like I don't think he's Kevin Durant, you know, where you're like, oh I got the second pick. This is great. Yeah. We get either Odin or Durant, but I think Scooter Henderson's really good. But this like I said, this is this is where I think it's interesting for a team like the Lakers because they don't necessarily have as many natural trade partners because like there, there aren't that many teams that like there, there aren't that many prospects that make a team super excited. I think if they're like, all right, well, we're going to go for one. If we don't get him and we get four, like, okay, that's great. Like you're exactly right. Like this draft is very, 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 very top heavy. And that's not to say that there aren't good players in the draft. There obviously will be, there always are, but it is to say that like, the chances of you now having to rebuild again next year exist. And like, right. that's- and that, like I saw Kevin O'Connor, your boy said that about Toronto too, because Toronto slipped under 500 and like, should they just blow it up and tank and they're not going to do much this year? 
But the problem with trading and blowing it up or not even even trading pieces, like let's say, or if you're Chicago, trade DeMar DeRozan, whoever, like at this point in the season, because the lottery odds, like you're not sure if you're most likely like they'll be lottery protected, right? No team is going to trade away an unprotected lottery pick this year. And so your pick's likely going to be like six or seven. And it's just like, I don't know. Does that really? It's just like, yeah, you? like you get Cam Whitmore and he's like a nice lottery ticket, you know, but maybe yeah. he's good. I don't, I don't know. Uh, I, I, but I, but I think that like, that's one of the issues when you look at a team like the Lakers is that they need to appeal to the correct team if they're going to make a deal. Right. Cause it needs to be a team that's like, all right, we'll take Russ, but we're also going to be pretty bad if we have Russ. Right. Yes. Or we're going to buy Russ out. And I, again, like that's the other problem with Russell Westbrook is like, say whatever you will about him, like not being a good player, but like he's going to play hard every single night and he's going to play every single game. And like, he's not going to want to go to Portland like Eric Bledsoe and like have like left Achilles soreness and miss 48 games. Like there's not even a shot at Eric Bledsoe. Like that's what Portland I'm sure told him to do, but you know what I mean, Zan? So like, yeah, like what's hard to get like the fit in terms of who they have can make deals with. And that the you're looking at the bottom feeders who are just going to tank basically, or just clear cap space. And there's not that many like veterans on those teams that are going to be helpful this year and next year. So like, Here's the other one. Your boy, will Chicago trade? Would they trade Zach Levine? Ooh, because he has that massive contract too. I think he's young too. enough. Like, I, I if I was, him. if I was the Lakers, I'd be interested in Zach Levine. Don't get me wrong. I would, I, and Beal, because if I'm them, I'm just like, look, we're already pot committed. Like, let's just keep, let's just roll the dice. Just the classic. That's happened to me numerous times where you just like you've put so much money in yes, on the poster table definitely. and like you just have to call because you're just like, all right, whatever, man. Like at this point, we're we're stuck. But that's where like the Lakers situation, like they've they have they have to do something. Like, you know, I was saying earlier, like, I don't know what to do, but like you can't do nothing. That's the problem, right? Like you you can't do nothing. Well, well let me I, let me read you the list of the worst teams who would theoretically not care about this season and the sort of spare parts that would help the Lakers. Detroit, Bojan Bogdanovic would help a lot. You'd have to figure out a way to make the salary work, and you'd probably have to give up a first-round pick. Yeah, because there's no reason. Like, Detroit's not just taking – I mean, their catch stinks, but, like, Detroit's not just taking Russell Westbrook for nothing. Yeah, and he'd be a good fit. But then again, like, is Bogdanovic going to be good next year too? Probably. That's probably worth talking about. Um, but would you want to give up a first round pick for him? I don't know. Probably not. Char- Charlotte doesn't have those veterans really. Yeah, I mean, Charlotte would be great if you could get Gordon Hayward and Lamelo Ball, but like, yeah, Gordon Hayward kind of does make sense though. But he doesn't want to play. Like, you, you know, you're you're taking a big leap if you're like, let's trade for Gordon Hayward, whose like wife is calling out his current organization on Instagram for like messing with his injuries. It's just like you know, Charlotte stinks, but. I kind of like that move just be, though because Gordon Hayward, I think, could play with Anthony Davis and LeBron. Sure. Gordon Hayward's a good player. Yeah. And I think he would be like reinvigorated to be on a good team. Houston doesn't have much. Eric Gordon's been talked about forever. It doesn't do anything for them. Like, yeah. I mean, Eric Gordon's good, but I don't know. Eric Gordon's one of those good shooters who always shoots like, you know, 34% from three. <laughs> he is a good shooter. Uh, he defends. He a good shooter, too. But Eric Gordon's a good player. San Antonio, you're talking about McDermott and. Portal, who's right, good. They're not trading. They're not trading. I mean, Portal actually is like a helpful guy, but the problem is like, so when the Lakers started playing well, right? Like Anthony Davis finally just started playing the five all the time. Like that's just, oh, what a shock, Zan. He started playing well when everybody else saw that happening. But like, you don't want to trade for another five man because like you need Anthony Davis to play the five. 
So I think looking at this, Hayward makes some sense. If you can get Bogdanovich, makes some sense. DeMar DeRozan, I think, is going to be mentioned. He doesn't make enough money. He doesn't make enough money, but you could add enough and then, you know. Also, the... how does DeMar help them? Like, th- this is another thing, right? Like, DeMar's a really good player, but like, DeMar, LeBron, and Anthony Davis, now we're all taking up space in the middle of the floor. Like, do we really think that's going to work? And I think DeMar DeRozan is an excellent basketball player with a high IQ. I, I, I just want to say that. But like, stylistically, does, does DeMar DeRozan make sense? Well, I think if you're the Lakers, you'd almost. Um want to i think there's a way to make it work i think we did the math last week where you can keep russ and trade beverly and plus a bunch of pieces for demar yeah you have to include at least one pick i guess right now my question to you is are the lakers dead like (laughs) like can they survive and make the plan like don't don't get me wrong i don't i think i think they're dead this year yeah so i mean i don't think like this is a team that in a one-game play-in tournament, I think they are good enough to beat a better team. Like, I think that, you know, LeBron can play great. Anthony Davis can play great. Like, they could beat a team that we think is clearly better than them. But are oh, they beating a better team from the bottom of the Western Conference? Like, are they beating Denver? Are they beating Memphis? Are they beating Phoenix? Are they beating, like, I don't know, the Clippers? Like, I, I don't think so, Zan. You know what I mean? Like, Well, you said that the series, key thing is, like, a one-game series, sure. Seven game series, I don't think. I think, but that, and, and so that's why, like, that's why it sucks because, you know, like I've never felt bad for Lakers fans, and I never will feel bad for Lakers fans, and I also will not feel bad for LeBron. But like, they really have just put themselves in a situation where like they could not withstand an injury, and now they don't. It doesn't make sense for them to really like keep their picks in the future because like you know they need to go for it now and like but they're not yeah i would i would i would go for it in the immediate future next year as we said like i think with lebron you have to throw out all preconceived notions of age out the window it's like tom brady like as much as you know he hasn't played that well this year he's freaking 45 i mean (laughs) the fact that he's still like a starting quarterback is pretty amazing i watched um I watched that Redeem Team documentary the other day. Like I hadn't seen it before. And I, I actually I enjoyed it quite a bit. I was I was kind of surprised. I, I didn't think I would. But uh like LeBron like he played in the 2004 Olympics. Like LeBron, Carmelo Anthony, and Dwayne Wade played in the 2004 Olympics. And uh like LeBron is in the NBA in 2022 and is like one of the best 15 players. Like it is it's bananas to think about. Zan. Yeah. Like it's just, and I think it's there's insane. just something gene or whatever alternative medicine slash uh, illegal medicine they're getting. Carl Malone was good until his late thirties. You know, Kareem was good until his late thirties. Like LeBron's going to be 38. I think he's got a couple more years left. Yeah, he might, you, might, you might realistically be able to expect him to play at a high level until he's, I don't know, until he doesn't like we, this is what we've said before. Like, until the guy, like you, you can clearly see at this point in his career, Chris Paul has slowed down, right? Like he, yeah. he is a really good player still, but like dominate the game night in and night out. Chris Paul as a six foot point guard, like it's not happening anymore. But like LeBron, like he was awesome the other night against the Wizards. I'm sad to say that I watched the game, but like he still does so much of the same stuff, and it's it's insane. Well, to he, see. And he's younger. Terrence younger. He's only 34, quote unquote, only 34. But like. If you didn't know Durant had had a serious injury, you you wouldn't notice it. Like he's playing as well as he's ever right. played. Right, and so, but, so so you're right. Like maybe you can expect your best of the best type players to be able to play 
a little bit longer. And if that's the case, then like, yeah, you probably like go the, the, the most logical thing makes it is like give Chicago the cap space, give Washington the cap space, and then also give them those first round picks and just do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause I think if you're the Lakers, you got to think regardless if it, whether it's Anthony Davis or LeBron in 2029, we'll find somebody to sign here. Right. We're not going to be terrible. And we can also figure out a way to take contracts back to like get first round picks. We can buy picks like whatever. You know what I mean? You can figure it out. But But I think we're agreeing that dead for this year. And I don't think that applies to Golden State. If we're going to shift gears again. Yeah. So Golden State's 15 and 16. One spot ahead of the Los Angeles Lakers in the standings. Uh, Real shame that Steph Curry got hurt, by the way. He's just like. Playing fantastic. You yeah, he's averaging I mean? 30 points a game. He's averaging six and a half rebounds a game, which is bizarre. Yeah, um, and, and almost seven assists a game, too, I believe. Yeah, he was certainly like kind of in the MVP. That's why you never bet old guys for MVP, though. They always get hurt or miss time. Um, And I think they'll be able to survive it just because Jordan Poole is like the perfect guy to just like go in there and pretend to be Seth Curry, Steph Curry for a while. Yes, Steph Curry light. You can tell the difference, but it's sort of it's sort of like looks the same. Yeah, you know? like the generic brand. Yeah, and I I think that um there's a couple things with the Warriors that are concerning though. Is like they really do struggle without Steph. Do you buy the generic brand stuff or do you buy like the quali- top quality stuff at the grocery store? It depends like, on what I, it is. the it store brand stuff. There there yeah. are certain things that I will uh not buy a store like brand on but i don't know why because I, I had that the other day i brought back something my wife was like I'm like this isn't very good and she's like yeah it's the cheap that's like you know has like grocery store's name on like it. when i buy like uh when i buy like flour or like sugar or like spices like i i won't buy like the giant brands that i'll buy actual name brand for that but i don't know like in terms You're of other cooking things, up a storm i cook a good bit like i won't buy like like i'll buy I'm trying to think of a good example of this. Like, but if I'm buying like chips, maybe, I, maybe, maybe I'll buy like the signature brand chips or something. No, see, I, I think there's a difference in chips. Yeah, probably chips. I should get the, I should get the real Cause it, like the salt is a little different. The state, sometimes they're always stale for some reason. Cheese. Yeah. I won't skip on cheese. I won't buy generic yeah, cheese. Cheese. You could, that's what we had. I bought the bad cheese apparently. Man, what a, what a big mistake for you. Probably also affected your health. So anyway, yeah. back to the, back to the generic brand, Steph Curry. But the, it's good enough. It's a substitute for now, right? So if you're and gonna... but it's not going to be easy to climb back into the you know sort of yeah. top six at least because the West is so stacked. Yeah, the the problem with Golden State is like they they need to make a move like that, and they're in a, a good position to be able to do so. Right? It actually is beneficial for them long term to trade James Wiseman anyway because it will save them yes. money next year. But they do have some guys that like people are kind of interested in still so like they can make a trade for i don't know if they could like fit like bogdanovich or buddy healed into the mix like those guys make some sense for them i don't think they could do it because i think those guys make more money next year and like it doesn't have ultimately save them cash but wiseman is the type of guy that you could trade to detroit right Maybe yeah. maybe you make a deal with like Utah. Like, can you can you trade Wiseman to Utah for 
one of their many available players, you know, whether do, it's like, do these oh, other teams want these guys, but yeah. And the interesting thing is like, what type of player do you target if you're Golden State? Because yeah, that's a good question. You, you, you want, want somebody it. who, but I don't know, like, cause you're talking about Wiseman's salary is high for his productivity. He level. makes 12 million next year. But right? yeah, that 12 is high for his level, but it's, it's not high for a rotational player. So yeah, is, is he a rotational player? Like if you could trade him for Kelly Olenek. When you well, do. so that was what I was going to ask you. Like, so Olenek and Mike Conley and then Jordan Clarkson are all available, right? But like if you're the Warriors, you don't really want to trade for Clarkson or Mike Conley, right? Because then you've you, you've added another like very small guard. Yeah, like, I think, well, in an ideal world, you're, you have you're adding to somebody targeted. who would like be in the closing lineup but i don't think that you need no no that. you're not gonna be able to get yeah. that for james Wiseman. Right. you you that that's why like bogdanovich makes like the most sense right mm-hmm. because like he can play he can handle the ball a little bit like but again you're not gonna i i don't think you can get i don't think Wiseman for bogdanovich gets it done anyway although if i was right. going state like i would trade whatever you know you could you could throw in a first round pick to like sweeten the deal but but your main point is correct like the warriors need to make sure they win some games while steph is out because that they're currently 14 and 15 like you could look up at a month and they could be, you know, six games out of the playing game. And it's a long road back if that happens. Right. And and at this point with Wiseman, it's just like, I would even say it about Kaminga, but I know there's a lot of Kaminga fans. Um, Are there like, a lot of Kaminga fans? I, I've seen it. Zach Lowe talks about him like he's going to be an all-star one day. But at what, what evidence do we have that Wiseman is going to be a productive player Anytime in the next few years for this team, like the high level that they want, he to play looks at. like he might be a productive player. Like he physically, does, but like you look at him and you're like, eh, he can, I, yeah, yeah. He like looks, he you, wins in the airport test. You you would know he plays a professional sport. But if you were the, you know, I know the your answer to this, but like I'm looking at like rotational players, salary levels. Wouldn't be New Orleans; they wouldn't want him. But you would trade him for like a Larry Nance because you love Larry Nance. But like yes, that I level would. player. Like if I was Golden State, I would yeah. say yes in a second. Right. Nobody but else let's is let's because nobody else is going to say fans. yes. But like, what about like a Olenek we mentioned is more realistic. I would trade James Wiseman for a good NBA player today. Yes. What about I Mason Plumley? No, I wouldn't do that. I don't think Plumley's like not that good. Like that, that's the other thing. Like the, the the Warriors need like a wing, right? Like yeah. I trade James Wiseman for Otto Porter, although that doesn't like really help them stay afloat. So that joke. Didn't but really what about like a I'm just looking at teams that like backup center. I don't know, just because position for position. Like Daniel Gafford's not really doing much. No, he's not going to get traded anyway. But again, you need Chris Boucher. You don't want to trade. You need to trade for somebody who can who can also like help Steph Curry. Like you know what I mean? Like, well, I'm looking for. Yeah, it's not not easy to find. You're like you're not going to you're not going to trade for like though. Kelly Oubre because he was already there, and I don't think it was like a great fit. But Terrence like Terrence Ross. What about Eric Gordon? We already mentioned Eric, Eric Gordon. Gordon. Eric Gordon makes a lot of sense. Like yeah. that is one guy. And again, you still have a smaller guard, but he's pretty strong. Like you can play him at the three, but like Eric Gordon makes a lot of sense. But that's why Olinick makes a lot of sense too, because he can do a little bit more in terms of like being a five man, you know, yeah. with Kayvon Looney and Draymond Green. Like he can play once everybody, once Steph is healthy. But like, you know, the guy who makes the most sense, in my opinion, is, is either Conley or Jordan Clarkson, but then he makes no sense once Steph is back because then it's like, all right, well, now you're squeezing Jordan Poole. You, if you, let's say you're a Charlotte, you're a Houston. Do you think Wiseman's worth the flyer for ten million, whatever, twelve million next year? And the ticking clock is you're going to have to pay him eventually. If no, he's I don't good. know. I I think he is for teams that are bad, right? Like, I mean, what? Like, can San Antonio 
really not really offer. Happen. What about Oklahoma City? Like, what about Doug McDermott? Yeah, McDermott, I don't think is enough on his own. Man, Oklahoma City is just really bad. Josh it's, Richardson. It's just fantastic. The the run. Yeah, that that actually is Josh Richardson good enough though. Like every year, <laughs> I don't Josh know. Richardson I just don't know if he's like a rotational player anymore. So like every year, Josh Richardson gets traded, and it's like, man, Josh Richardson, this is really good. But like maybe he's only good in you know twenty five minutes a game, right? So what what's his what are his numbers this year? So he's averaging twenty three minutes a game, and he's scoring just about eleven points a game, three assists, two and a half rebounds about a steal per game on you know, shooting 37% for three. All right. I could buy Josh Richardson. Like, Josh Richardson is- and Terrence Ross are like the best examples of a guy who are supposed to be three and D guys, but they're like not really that good at either one. I wonder what, I wonder what else you could get though with Josh Richardson. Like, yeah, it's worth, it's worth exploring. And again, like you won the title last year. You're, the idea that your future is James Weissman and Jonathan Kaminga is so unrealistic in terms of being a title worthy team or even a playoff team. I, I probably think, would keep Kaminga. I think. I, I think I'd be fine moving on from Weissman and Moses Moody. I, I know it's early to do that, especially for Moody in year two. But I, I just think that like, I'm just saying, like the bar to be like core pieces of a playoff team are, is so high. We're talking high. about like it's high. Bradley Beal and Porzingis aren't good enough, and so. Are we saying Kaminga and Weisman are going to be on that level? Of like I don't know. I mean, I mean, Weisman, like it's it's unbelievable. I know he was hurt, like, and I know that like we've seen flashes in like the ten minutes a game that he's played, where it's like, yeah, this guy looks like he could be really good. But man, what is this? This is like year three, like year four, year three, right? And like we're just, I mean, he's played 15 14 games like this this guy stinks right now like you know what i mean like it's just it's not fair to him i don't think to like be rude about it but like he's just not very good yeah, and so that i don't understand why the warriors and and they deserve the benefit of the doubt but like i don't understand why the warriors aren't like aggressively seeing what's available for james wiseman well it's the center position is such a weird thing in the nba because it's like Maybe Weissman's not playable. You know, you look at like Zach Eady or whatever his name is for Purdue, might win player of the year. It's like he probably won't get drafted. Yeah, he's not. I mean, he's not going to. I mean, he might be. He's big and athletic enough that like he might be playable, Zach Eady. Like he might need to take a flyer on a guy like that. But, but and then, is but like then randomly, it's like the top three MVP finishers are, are centers who are like 300 pounds. So, like, how does that work? You wake I'm me up with Zach like Eady. And- is Zach Eady gonna do gonna go like for 40, 27, and 10 on somebody? 10 assists? Yeah, no, I, I don't, don't think so. But then you see these weird things like Enos Cantor, Enos Freedom, where it's like for 36, he's averaging like 30 and 20, but he can't play. Yeah, I mean that's like a logical thing though. Like he can play 10 minutes, right? Like, and then once you play him more, then he starts giving up more points than he scores. You know, I, I don't know. I think there's guys that definitely have roles like that. I, I just am really interested. Like, could the, the the problem is like there's not like a dearth of like good rotational players out there that help you right now if you're Golden State, and that's yeah. where I can see like wanting to keep your powder dry, Zan. But at the same time, you just don't have that much time. You know, we're we're 30 well, games into the year. You're right. I think Steph's going to miss probably 12 to 15. And if that's the case, like, and you go five and 10, now all of a sudden you're, you know, you're six games under 500. And 
And you can't expect Draymond to stay healthy. You can't expect Clay to stay healthy for every game. No. So, like, you you have to be aggressive. Yeah. Because look at the West right now. Memphis is number one. They should stay in that range. Denver hasn't even played that well. They're number two. Phoenix is going to hang in there. Number three. New Orleans is down to four, but they're pretty good. Clippers, despite not playing every night, are fifth. And then Minnesota and Dallas are not are eighth and tenth right now, but you expect them to be sort of in that. Five, I was going to say they're range. they're starting to play better. Like yeah, and then teams that might slip a little: Sacramento, Portland, Utah. Yeah, I mean one of those teams is going to make the playing game, but I would expect you know like Dallas and Dallas is in tenth. Like if you told it me, it does Sacram- feel like the not last year's Warriors team. It feels like two years Warriors team where they lost in the play-in. Doesn't it feel like that's where it's headed? Yeah, where Steph was like amazing all year and basically carried him on his back to like the playing game. Yeah, and they, they, and they lost to Memphis, right? I forgot. No, they lost to the Lakers, I think, right? That's how you on through this. I think they lost to the Lakers. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Memphis made the first round, though, and ultimately, I think either right. beating I Golden think State. They, I don't know. They beat one of the two. It's hard to look it up because like the playing game is not like an official game or something. It's like this weird netherworld. Um, but I don't know. I, I don't feel maybe, bullish on them. They're still maybe like Denver. Maybe Denver is going to win the West because I know you're like all in on Denver, but like they're yeah, 18 yeah. and 11 and like they have not played well, but they've like figured out a way to win games. And, you know, so the, the early part of the season is kind of behind them. The problem is Jamal Murray just doesn't look like yeah, they don't look great, but it's one of those things with like that, De- like. You know, when Milwaukee won the title, it's like they have holes, but if Giannis is really like a historically great player, they could still win it all. And and Jokic, I mean, his three-year run is up there with anybody. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. He, uh, I, I, again, I've said this before, but you watch him play and I just like, he does things that just don't make sense. Like you, you, you can't, you don't understand like why, how he creates so much space or like, He's at, he's shooting sixty two percent from the field, like Shaq like numbers, and only 32, averaging only thirty two percent from three. By the way, nine assists a game. It's just like crazy. Yeah, it's ridiculous how <laughs> it's. I think Jason Tatum is like supposedly the leader for MVP right now, which I I guess I understand. He's averaging like thirty a game. He's the betting leader on MV, uh, Basketball of Reference. They actually have Jokic statistically should yeah. be the front runner right now, but Jokic, Giannis, and Luca, and then Tatum and Durant. Yeah, Durant's getting some buzz, but again, you don't want to bet on the old guy who probably all miss games. How did you feel about Kyrie Irving's buzzer beater the other night? Kyrie's really good. Come on. He's really good. good. It's really funny. I I wonder, you know, as as the season gets wears on, if he starts to play really well. And the Nets, I mean, the Nets have won a lot of games. We we've bagged on the Nets a lot, but like I think they're 19 and 12 now, aren't they? Yeah, the Nets are 19 and 12. They moved up to fourth. Yeah, they're ahead of the 76ers. God, I just sucked at the wins draft. Um, so well, the 76ers, like, I, saw, I saw something that their you know, profile, their statistical profile is trending up, and they could end up you know, being a top-four team still. Right. I mean, and Max, he's been hurt, and actually yeah. it's another kind of one to talk about, but he might be out a little bit longer. So, But the Sixers but, don't really have a lot of options either. You know, like you're not trading Harden or Embiid. You're not trading Maxi. Tobias Harris, you're not trading. So, like, what what are you doing if you're trying to get better? And that's that's the thing. There's all this like haves and have nots in the NBA right now. But the problem is like the have nots are either really young with pieces they don't want to trade, 
like, you know, your Franz Wagner's in, in Orlando, or they're just tanking and their roster stinks. And it's like, well, there's not that many guys to pick from. So you basically, I, I, I was told this, I don't, I don't I'm not going to reveal the source, but I was told that like, essentially every NBA team is waiting for the first trade to happen. And whenever it does, then a bunch of trades will happen because there are a bunch of teams that are just you like, want to make I, a prediction. Like who's the first shoe to drop. Hmm, interesting. Who do I think is going to be the first player moved? Or like what yeah. team makes or what the first teams trade? like pulls the plug first? Well, we're going to title this episode. You, pull, you, the, pull the ripcord. Pull the ripcord. Utah, I think, is the most. Now, I maybe Detroit now with Kate Cunningham injured. Like I think Detroit will probably try to slow play Bogdanovich, but like it makes no sense to have him on the team now. He makes too much money, and I, I think that that's probably the guy that will be the most aggressively shopped. I don't know. I, I guess if I was going to like handicap it, like. Utah making a trade first makes the most sense because I, I just think there's going to be teams that are like, hey, Jordan Clarkson can really help us, which is stunning to to hear come out of my mouth after the last like five years of Jordan Clarkson. But well, I mean, Utah kind of spoiled us with the waiting for the big trades because they already traded Donovan Mitchell. They already traded Rudy right. Gobert and Bogdanovich. They but supplied maybe, us like our three big moves. Maybe right? Houston, like maybe somebody tries to jump to this front of the line with Eric Gordon, right? Because here's the thing. If you know in the NBA, I, I think. If are we know, counting Eric Gordon as a big move, though? I mean, I think Eric Gordon's a good player. I don't know how, you know. I don't know if that's a shoe to drop. That's more of like uh, laces untied or something. But they don't have a lot of other people to move anyway, right? What's Eric Well, I'm thinking of teams. Give me some examples of teams that might make a big move. Like Toronto. Toronto, like trade Siakam or something. That's not going to happen. Not yet, at least. What's Eric Gordon shooting from three? Make a guess right now. This season. He usually starts slow. I think he's been okay. 35%? Yeah, 30, 35.5%. But like there were some years when we were like, man, I wonder if this if Eric Gordon's like really going to turn it on and you go, look, he's shooting like 28%. <laughs> yeah. He does do that. Um, but I well, potential contenders for that big shakeup. Toronto's been mentioned. Atlanta, you know, there's always that John Collins. And now there's starting to be some rumblings like, did the Jonte Murray thing work? Are we okay he's with this? He's injured now. I mean, he he's injured now. The, the problem is, like, they traded all their wings, right? And DeAndre Hunter, who yeah. they paid, who we both really like when he's healthy, like, he just hasn't been the guy that we thought. DeRozan, I think, is very viable to maybe be the first big shoe. Like, but fact, so, I like, would do you, say do you think, would you, you, think it's, you think it's more likely that DeRozan goes to L.A.? Than any, I think it's. Else? I think DeRozan. Well, the Anthony. Da- if it wasn't for the injury, I think it would have been more likely the Anthony Davis injury. Because now it's just like, what's the point? But and he already like remember he like made a big comment about how like he was going to go to the Lakers and then they traded for Russ or something. Like there was some like behind the scenes nonsense, which there are always is. And then you look at teams like Dallas has under five hundred, but their SRS, you know, power ranking is top ten still. So maybe they'll just write the ship. Naturally, Dallas. God, I, I think. Da- I what think would Dallas? Rose... What would Dallas do if they were actually going to like make a deal? What would they do? I think they, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Trade for Porzingis. I don't know. It's <laughs> Dallas fans are so. I don't want to say delusional, but they're just so in on Luca, and understandably so. I saw somebody on Twitter was Dallas fan was talking about how the Porzingis trade was. The best offer possible, and I'm like, you got Bertans, who doesn't even play and is on a major contract. Well, that, that was, he's been fine, but that was like part of it, though. Was like they were trying to protect themselves against Tim Hardaway too. They didn't get Bert- like 
Bertans, yeah, he makes a lot of money too. I don't know. The Dallas, the Dallas is, is in this weird spot where it's like we need to find a second star for Luca, but every time they have a second star, it like doesn't really work because Luca has a ball all the time. And then they trade the get rid of the second star. I don't know. Luca's so good. It's, I don't get it. Like it's he's going. The guy's twenty three. Zan. Like he's, he's yeah. Just, but who has a better record, Luca or Jalen Brunson? Uh, I don't actually. The Knicks are not terrible. Yeah, the right? Knicks are kind of surging a little bit. Kind of surging. Yeah, the Knicks seventeen and thirteen. It's interesting. I, I got a text about Jalen Brunson. I don't often uh, do my culpas on this show, but somebody asked me like, you know, because. Uh, obviously I worked at Temple and Rick Brunson went to Temple and there was kind of this whole thing about like, he was going to come to Temple before he went to Villanova. But like, did I ever think Jalen Brunson was going to be this good? And I said, no, like I, I really didn't. I didn't see it. I, I was not a fan of him coming out of college. And I, I think I underestimated how strong he is. Like, have you ever like really watched Jalen Brunson? Brunson's no, that's, but that's a good point. Like, Fred Van Vliet, like strength is sort of an like they, underrated. Yeah, quality. they still get to spots on the floor because they're able to like move guys around and like, you know, they both play hard, but it is, it is something I think I was like, you know what? I don't really like the vertical pop, but I didn't pay attention to the fact that he is like really strong, really well balanced, like pretty, ver- he's pretty laterally quick. Like he's good enough, obviously. And so, you know, I don't know. Good for the Knicks, man. Like people were not yeah. super happy about that contract, but Jalen Brunson has been very, very good for them. And uh, and it's kind of clicking. Yeah. 17, 13. One of the more, the East I was going to say is sort of like, looks like it makes sense. Now everything's kind of rounding into shape with the uh, exceptions of the Knicks being a little better than we thought. And the Heat and Toronto. Yeah. Toronto 13 and 18 really surprises me still. Yeah. Miami's 16 and 15. Now, I, you know, Toronto, I think has probably been more unlucky than we think too. Like, the, the the thing about Toronto is, is also, you know, what are you going to do if you're Toronto? Like, I, I understand what you're saying. Like, people are saying to blow it up. But, like, are you going to blow it up to try to get another guy like Pascal Siakam? Right. I, I know, well, like, you're I, not the highest on him. But, like, he's really good. Like, he's really, really good. Well, and, you know, I got a little Twitter. I got ratioed, as they say. Because in the Kevin O'Connor tweet, he's like, they should blow it up. You know, they're not winning this year. And I said, it doesn't make sense because to your point, like all their main guys are under contract. So you can't really like get fair value for them. You're not going to be bad enough. It doesn't make sense. They like, literally tank and two, get like somebody at the eighth pick who's better than Pascal Siakam. They literally have two rotation players over 30. Chris Boucher is 30, which everyone is stunned at because he was like 25 in college. But, and then Thaddeus Young, who's like not going to be there for a long, for like a long, long time is 34. Everybody else on their team is like 28 or younger. Right. Part I got ratioed really on is because they do have a couple of expirings. Van Vliet and Gary Trent could be free agents, but I don't know how much you can get for those guys. Like, I don't think you can get an unprotected pick. You'll end up with like a top 14 pick, you know, 10th pick. And what are the and just build and just build around Siakam, Scotty Barnes, and OG. Yeah, but I don't know. It's, it's sort of like the strength I thought of the team was the fact that you said that they're all like young and pr- fit pretty well together. And I think the one, either, I mean, the one person that doesn't is Van Vliet, right? But yeah. th- their their collection of like size and length allows him to play at a higher level. Well, I think you could the the good news, bad news is like if you think they've just been unlucky, Van Vliet shooting 32%. Anobi 33, Gary Trent 33. But on the other hand, maybe you're arguing they don't have that like dynamic point guard that could really get guys great shots. I'm not sure that I would give up on Toronto. No, me either. Let's go. But the, pro- but the problem that. is, but the problem is, like, yeah, I would expect Indiana to be 
coming back down to earth and they're 15 and 16. That's better than I thought they would be. There were people that thought they were going to be the worst team in the league. Atlanta is, I mean, Atlanta is just like kind of a dumpster fire right now. So it's hard to like really say like, do we think Atlanta is going to get better? And then like the Knicks are 17 and 13, but the teams ahead of the other teams, like Miami, Philly, Brooklyn, Cleveland, Boston, and Milwaukee, like they're not catching any of those teams, right? Those teams are better than them right now. And so I I don't know. I'm not sure, honestly. But like they're yeah. better than Chicago and they're better than Washington. So you the one just thing like, you would argue that maybe Toronto's the team that will have that shoe drop first is that they're just aggressive. You know, they are. Time. Yeah, Masai, Masai doesn't wait. That's that's a good example of that. Although, could I say Kevin, one? You love Kevin O'Connor. No, I don't. I mean, he generates clicks. The one thing, <laughs> um, ah, this might not come across well, but I like Masai. Very good GM. I for talent. I for team building. Won a title. Congratulations. There was a little overrated in this sense. Um, they were talking about on Zach Lowe actually was talking about like, you know, renaming the awards. We talked about that last week. And, and he wanted to name GM of the year. The yeah. Messiah well, they're saying like, you know, Giannis should be most improved, but he, and they were talking about candidates to be GM of the year. And they mentioned Masai. And I'm like, the guy won one title. <laughs> It's like, is he really the best executive of all time? We're saying who who would you uh, name that? Well, the other after? guys they mentioned would be like Red Auerbach or no, Pat no, Riley or Jerry West or these kind of guys, R.C. Buford or whatever. Pat Riley makes a lot of sense because he's been an executive a lot of places. Like, and he's yeah. his teams have often had a ton of success. It would be like R.C. Buford if you could separate him from Popovich, which you can't. Yeah, I mean R.C. and yeah, they just have a really good working relationship, obviously, and that's kind of like the point of it, right? Like you, you know, you you end up in a situation where things are good. You don't have like Doc Rivers is hiring like random dudes that went off against the Clippers, and nobody's there to check him. You know, it's yeah. like oh yeah, I don't know. You you're kind of anti Masai. I would no, say. I'm not just by saying he's not the best executive of all time. Well, he's not the best executive of all time, but it's it's interesting in basketball. Like there appears to be like a lot more. I would say like parody amongst executives, right? Like in the NFL, like who's the best executive of all time in the NFL? Do you know Tom? Uh, would be like one of the old guys, the old Brandt or whatever, the guy that was like the Dallas Cowboys architect. Oh yeah, no, they. they I'm sure it's like you know Bill Dallas or something like that. But like in in the NBA, like executives get a lot of credit. You know what I mean? Like they they have a lot of they're in the news quite frequently. Yeah, well, the NFL is a problem because. If your coach is so successful, like Belichick, like he's basically the GM eventually, or Bill Parcells or something. What do you think uh, the locker room was like on Sunday after the like Patriots lateral play? <laughs> that was hilarious. Like, like there's no way. Like Bill Belichick, he was did. crying. Bill, like, Jacoby Myers was like crying about it. He's the one who did the lateral. I felt yeah, bad I know. For that. Well, well, Stevenson lateraled it to him first, but like his Jacoby Myers was like throwing it back to Mac Jones. Like what was yeah. Mac Jones going to do with it anyway? That was like one of the most hilarious, <laughs> probably, probably one of, I would say the worst plays I've ever seen in any sport ever. But you know what though? Can I defend that? I'll tie it together too. Like you results, love ladder. you love no, results based analysis where it's like, Oh my God. Obviously the result was the worst of all time. They threw it to the wrong team and they scored a touchdown. Yeah. As time. Expired. If it went the other in a, way in a, t- in a tie game. And if it went the other way, it would be like the Miami beating the Patriots a few years ago. Oh my God, this is the greatest play. That was on a kickoff, though. Like that. This is what I'm saying. Like there was. I would say let me tie it together because like the Masai Ujiri thing is very results oriented too. Where it's like trading for Kawhi was a massive risk, especially knowing that he was probably going to LA anyway. What about firing? 
Dwayne Casey though too. Like he that was smart. That was good. (laughs) Okay, so here's here's another good example. Here's here's a timely example. World Cup, right? Mm -hmm. So Argentina wins a World Cup on Sunday. Arguably the best soccer match. uh, You know, best World Cup match of all time. Definitely best World Cup final of all time. Did you see that France, like their manager, nobody ever makes subs in the first half. Their manager subbed their second leading scorer off before halftime. And like, <laughs> I don't think that subbing Olivia Giroud off, they, they subbed uh, Dembali off too, who was the one that gave up the penalty to Di Maria. But like, I don't think those things actually changed the course of the game as much as like Kylian Mbappe just decided like, all right, this is cool guys, but like, let's, let's try to win. Um, but it was just like, you don't see managers do that on a big stage right and that is what makes like we've talked about this before but like Saban like benches Jalen Hurts in the national championship for like that 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 stuff is you got to take shots and and I do think Masai deserves credit for that because no for sure I I mean don't get me wrong I like him I'm just saying the results oriented like the decision for Toronto to trade for Kawhi is going to be looked at as a genius move yeah I mean it it was it was it worked like but I think though, and meanwhile, most likely the Clippers' decision to bring in Kawhi and Paul George is going to look bad. Yeah. It's going to look bad in, by history, but I think it made more sense of the two. And like the difference being, a Kawhi shot bounced in against Philly, and Golden State got hurt, and they won the title versus the Clippers. Like it basically choked against like yeah. Denver. But, like, mean, if that a was bunch different, of, a bunch of times, yeah, like, yeah. But, but if you, that but was different, also... like it would have looked like a genius move. No, and you can't. And, and again, like trying to uh, separate like genius from luck is very hard to do. Like you said, like a lot of times, right. like what, what what would happen if let's just forget the Kawhi shot, Durant stays healthy, and Toronto loses in the finals, and Kawhi it's still loses. it's successful. I, I understand it's not looked at as the way it's looked at. Today. Like, what if they lose in the second round? No, no, I, I I understand exactly what you're saying, and you were the one that said like, "Hey, Toronto might be good enough to win the title that year." Like, yeah. but it's 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 interesting because you're right in the sense that you know they got a ton of balances. You still have to win. Don't get me wrong, yeah. but like it is what it is. Like, but I don't even know if they would have been even contention to win if Durant was healthy. Win in the finals. In the finals, yeah. Maybe making the finals maybe, is enough. Maybe not, but like if you win the East, like Toronto, yeah, that's something. It's Toronto hasn't won something. anything in like a long time, so. I think that stuff matters, but I also do think that like it's very easy and GMs are very like risk averse when it comes to big, big moves. It's like, oh yeah, yeah. like let's trade for Donovan Mitchell. Like, duh, that's a no brainer, right? You weren't going to sign Colin Sexton anyway. Like fine. Okay. Utah essentially made the big move. It's like, all right, well we're making ourselves worse. So you can't fire me because I made us worse. Right. right. Like that's right. the plan. Nobody's like, I'm going to shake up something that's already pretty good very often. But if you look at the last couple you know, big time moves that has happened, like Golden State, they get rid of Mark Jackson. They won 50 games two straight yeah. years. Then they win the title, right? So, and yeah. People will not remember this, but there were some people who thought they shouldn't have signed Durant because they had good chemistry with Harrison Correct. Lawrence. They won two more titles. Should have probably yeah. won a third. Like, it, it just was that that stuff happens. Like, Toronto or trading was, for Andrew Wiggins was not a popular move at the time. They won a title because of it. But, yeah. I mean, down the road, of course. and But that's what I'm saying. So, like, you you have seen these kind of, like, very aggressive moves pay off. And that's where, like... You know what? When the one that's underrated, I think, um, switching sports. And people won't agree because it's revisionist history. Like, everyone thought Luko should have gone number one. No-brainer. Now. Um, Tim Tebow was on Denver. Won a playoff game in overtime with a huge throw. Was yeah, very and, they trade, and they traded for Peyton Manning, but Tebow was yeah. awful. 
No, like, he was like it was bad, but like he was a winner. He looked like a winner. Yeah, he's Manning a winner. coming off major neck surgery. People thought his career was over. To make that move was very risky yeah, at the time, it took, and it looks like so obvious in hindsight. It took like a lot of guts. It, it definitely did because, like, the, you're right. They won. They won a playoff overtime game, right? He hits Demarius Thomas, RIP, for like an 80-yard touchdown in the first play. Like, I, I remember exactly what you're talking about against the Steelers, right? Like, yeah, against the Steelers, and um, and I think that that would be hard to do, you know. Well, I mean, we basically saw like San Francisco try to like not do it. Right. Like their, their team was clearly good enough to win the Super Bowl, And they were like, we're going to start Trey Lance. And then they got lucky. Right. So I I don't know. I mean, it's, it's interesting to think about. I just think that we shouldn't, we shouldn't discredit the fact that, like you said, Masai is aggressive. And so I love that. I I love that. That is one of his better qualities. That's why I give even Minnesota, if it doesn't work out credit for an unpopular move, with Rudy Gobert, I give the Clippers credit for mortgaging the future. Let's take a risk with Kawhi. You know, it you got to take some chances in life to make it. Yeah. So anyway, all right. I think that's it for us this week. Uh, you know, happy holidays for everybody. Oh, yeah. You know, what, Merry, whatever it is Merry you celebrate. Christmas, whatever you celebrate. Um, yeah. Merry Christmas. Whatever you, you celebrate. If you celebrate an, an evil holiday, you, you want to <laughs> wish them well? Yeah, I, I think so. You know, if it's holidays are a fun time of year for people, so. Uh, we'll be back next week. Rituals? You <laughs> stop, stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it. Uh, huge sports day uh, on Christmas, actually, right? Because oh, NFL yeah. games and NBA games. just massive. And we're in the fantasy playoffs, so you didn't forget that. Uh, yeah, I did. You had to you had to stop aging <laughs> Dylan last night, right? He needed 30 points and he got like 23 or something. Yeah, we're in. We're in, baby. You were panicking in the middle. I forgot the game was even on. Like, I, I was watching we're, this- we're full of bold moves. We traded three players for Kyle Pitts this year. Wow, that didn't work out. You, signed, work out. you signed Deshaun Watson to destroy Sorry. your chemistry in the locker room. Yeah. What are you doing? You starting Dak this weekend or what? Uh, we got, I don't know. It's going to be tough. Do we pick yeah, up so, like a so, new quarterback? So you had Dak? Kyler Murray, right? You had Kyler Murray. He's, he's out forever. You had Deshaun Watson. He's just like That's not been, the guy. Yeah. He just looks garbage. You've got Dak, who's pretty good, but they're yeah, playing do, the, do, do play Dak in a tough matchup versus Philly, or do you pick up like a guy with a better matchup? Like Derek Carr has been floating around the locker room. <laughs> Put it around the locker. Why are you in the locker room? Aren't you don't you don't you do your meetings from an office? <laughs> no, like, we're with the guy at, at the facility. I, I judge it. I'm like Tyreek Hill. What do you think? Do you would you trust their car throwing passes? What do you like? Here? No, that's true. You you do. You are a good. You are like a very good motivational GM. I would say, <laughs> especially well, your positivity on Sundays is your number one quality. Yeah, we'll see what happens next week. I might get executive of the year, fantasy <laughs> executive of the year. I traded three players for Kyle Pitts. All the right, Messiah Jerry were. We'll be back. Uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, he is Zen underscore Ellison on Twitter and Reddit. Uh, you can email the show Zander Ellison at gmail.com. And uh, Zan, as always, buddy, it's a pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Underdog Sports NBA Show with your hosts, Tyler Laurie and Zandrick Ellison. Tune in next week for more NBA storylines and news.